Romans 1, 15. He said, uh, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Continue verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Healing is not a side message to the gospel. It is part of the gospel. Abundance is not a side message. It's part of the gospel. The reason I say it is because there's a lot of folks ashamed of what they'd call the prosperity message. They're afraid of being identified with this group or that group, so they just won't talk about it. And it's sad because whatever you don't talk about, ministers, your people will have no faith for. And then folks fuss about their finances. It's not just about people giving, it's about people having something. Right? Having something to give. An abundance. Abundance. And uh, we, we must not be ashamed. You know, the Bible said Jesus, he said, the Spirit of God is on me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Didn't he say that? What is the gospel to the poor? See, a lot of folks will say, well, you, you don't have to go to hell. No, that's the gospel to the lost. What's the gospel to the sick? Help me out. Help me out. Jesus took your infirmities. He bore your sicknesses. He carried your pains. By his stripes you're healed. If you believe that, that's the best news you ever heard when you are sick. What's good news to the mentally oppressed? The chastisement of our peace was on him. Is that right? He took our place. And the good news to the poor is that Jesus, though he was rich, yet for your sakes... He became poor so that you, through his poverty, might be made rich. And yet you got all kind of people. Don't let the world tell you who Jesus is. Don't let unsaved people tell you what the will of God is. They'll tell you Jesus was poor so you can be poor. That's not the Bible. Don't let unsaved people tell you who Jesus is. <laughs> or what the will of God is <laughs> be bold not arrogant not pushy but bold and confident to proclaim Jesus took your place he took your sins he took the, your, your oppression of mind he took your sickness he took your poverty come on now with me preach the full gospel and don't be ashamed of any part of it. Amen. And the bolder you are to preach it, the more people will believe it. Yeah. And the more results will come out. Yeah. So join Paul and say, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed. Of, the of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, the Jew first and also to the Greek. Verse 17, for therein in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed. Everybody say revealed. From faith to faith. This is progressive. It doesn't happen 
all on the first day. Everybody say revealed. From faith to faith. This is progressive. What happens from faith to faith? Revelation. When something is revealed, it is uncovered, it is shown, it is made known. If it's shown and uncovered, what's the result? You can see it. Right? You can see it. Is that connected with your faith? It is inseparable from your faith. There's no such thing as believing and you didn't see something. In other words, what would you be believing? That's why he said you, there has to be a preacher, there has to be preaching, there has to be hearing, then believing. Now it is true that we walk by faith, not by sight, but that's not this outward sight. 2 Corinthians 4.18 explains it precisely. It says, uh, though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. We look not at those things. What? That are seen. That's the sight he's talking about. But we are looking and seeing the unseen. How can you see something that's not seen? Revelation. 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 Now, uh, with that in mind, look with me, please, over to the book of John. Jesus did amazing things as he walked the earth. John 14 and 8. John 14, 8. Philip said to the Lord, show us the Father. Do what? <laughs> See, they've been hanging around Jesus for a couple of years now. And they, they said, okay, show us some more. Show us. We like this seeing. Show us, show us, show us. Show us the Father. Because Jesus talked about the Father all the time. The Father this, the Father that, the Father, the Father. And we should talk about the Father all the time. And the Lord. Instead of taking credit ourselves. Great things happen. And people want to give you the, uh, the, the credit. Uh, unspiritual, carnal people. People they see are more real to them than God. They don't see. They'll try to give you the credit. Don't take it. It'd be a lie. How did that happen? The Father. The Lord. That should be a regular way that you speak and respond. You know, we've written a few songs. Sometimes people say, you wrote that song. And I'll say, the Lord gave me that song. Why? If it's good and anointed, Keith didn't come up with it by himself. Is that right? It's basically this. If it's good, it was God. If it's bad, it was you. <laughs> so if it was good and it was God, you should not take all the credit for it. You should tell the truth and say, what? The Lord. Man, that was a good message. That was a good. You should, what, what do you say? Help me out. And you're not trying to be phony, humble. You're just telling the truth. The, the Lord gave me that. I, I didn't see it. And then boom, he showed me. He gave it. He gave it. He gave it. And uh, he said, don't you believe I'm in the Father and the Father in me? He said, uh, I don't speak of myself, 
Verse 10, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. How many believe the words of Jesus that it is possible that we can do the same works that he did, and even greater works than these? Do you believe what he said or not? Now, yes, it takes faith to believe that. But here's something else we should focus on. You should believe that and accept that, but then the very next question should be, how did he do it? Are y'all with me? If I'm going to do what he did, I'm going to have to find out how he did it. And this has not been something we focused on enough. How did he do it? Because he also said, the servant is not above his master. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everyone that is perfected, fully developed, will be as his master, yes, but you're never going to surpass the master. Full development would be you're doing it just like he did it. And when you're doing it like he did it, you're going to get the results he got. Right? The same works. And the greater works have to do with, if he had stayed on the earth, they would have kept getting greater and greater and greater and greater. But he he was just here for a couple of years to show us how to do it. And then he's out. How did he do it? Have you read this? How did he do it? In the 14th chapter, just down a couple of verses later, verse 21. Jesus said, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Who loves him? The ones that do what he he says. If you don't do what he says, you don't love him like you say you do. That's not what I say. That's the next verse. He that has my commandments keeps them. It's easy to say, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord. But if you don't do what he tells you to do, it's not really true. You're kidding yourself. He it is that loves me. He that loves me, the one that's doing what I'm telling him to, he'll be loved of my father. My father will be pleased with that. And I will love him. Somebody said, well, I thought he already loved me. He does. Even if you're not doing good, he still loves you, but he can't manifest his full pleasure. He can't help you be rebellious. He's not going to help you do anything that takes you away from him. Can you see that? But if you're doing what he tells you, the father is going to manifest his love And Jesus is going to manifest his love to you. I will manifest myself to him. This is an awesome word. Jesus said what? What does manifest mean? Show. Show. Reveal. Unveil. Show. I, I will show myself to him. Look at the Amplified on this. Verse 21 amplified. 
The one that loves me, obeys me, be loved by my Father, I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. There's a reason why God is not real to a lot of people and why he's very real to some other people. And it's not God picking and choosing. So manifest, reveal, show. Look back in the fifth chapter of uh, John, please. John chapter 5 and verse 19. We are answering from the word how Jesus did what he did. Is this important? Are you awake? Are you paying attention? This is pretty big stuff here. Jesus, now when we, we're, we're talking about the works of Jesus. He, he preached, he taught, he ministered healing, he ministered deliverance. There were signs, there were wonders. Is that right? He spoke to the wind and waves and they obeyed him. He spoke to trees, they obeyed him. He spoke to the dead and they raised up. Are these the works of Jesus? And what did he say? If you believe on me. Now let's just stop right there. How are things revealed? From faith or believing to believing. What's another way of saying that? If you believe on me, if you see me, the works I've done, you will do. And greater works than these. If you'll listen to what I'm telling you and, and love me and obey me, I will show you. And if he shows you, you will see. And when you see, you believe. <laughs> and if you'll act on what you believe, the works he did, you'll do also. Oh! Oh! Whew! We, we could say, if Jesus was here in the flesh, and we say, Lord, exactly how did you do that? You know, that raising from the dead, that all those healings, all those deliverance, casting out all those spirits. I mean, exactly how? You know, we like no details. So how? <laughs> Take us inside and show us, you know, how did it work out? How? When did you know? How did you know? What to do? When? Where? How? We must not see this. And read it like it's some kind of fairy tale. Amen. Or myth. This happened. Exactly this way. And uh, Isaiah said to people that saw Jesus when he walked the earth, there was no beauty or comeliness that you should desire him. Nobody walked down the road and saw Jesus and, and saw, wow, that's the son of God. Oh, there was nothing remarkable about him yeah, there you go. that you just saw. Yeah. Even his own staff 
For the longest, they didn't, they didn't realize he was the Messiah. Anointed prophet. So how did these amazing, amazing things happen? Because he's not functioning as God. Philippians, one translation said he laid aside his mighty power and glory and became like other men. If he did what he did as God, he wouldn't have had to be anointed. We're told after he was baptized in the river and the Holy Spirit came on him that the first miracle happened, the turning of the water into wine. So that means these kind of things had not happened. No matter what kind of apocryphal books you may read across, Jesus was not raising little birds from the dead or healing little play friends. Don't you believe any of that? See, they're trying to say he's functioning as God. He did not. The anointer doesn't need to be anointed. But he... When, when at the right age and at the right time and fulfillment of prophecy. You remember he, he told John, he came to John to be baptized. John said, oh no, 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 no. You baptized me. Right. He said, listen, we got to fulfill scripture. And so he did. And when he came up out of the water, whoo, the Holy Spirit came on him. Why? Well, he hadn't been on him like that before. He's functioning as a human being. But now, all that power, all that anointing is on him. And that's when the enemy hit him with 40 days of temptation. Why then? Why not before? Because it's only now that all his power is here. And the devil's scared of this power. We won't go into all that, but... Jesus came out victorious, triumphant in the power of the Spirit. And immediately we begin to see amazing things happen. Is that right? Healings, deliverances, signs, and wonders. So, Master, how did you do it? How? Jesus said to them, verily, verily. How many understand when the Lord says verily? What should you do? Turn everything off. Is that right? And then when he says another, verily, verily, what should you do? Man, you should be, your whole body should be an ear. Here's what, here's what, he, what he so emphasized. The son can do nothing of himself. What? Most church-going people don't believe that. They don't believe that. They'll talk about Jesus walked on the water. People will shout and go, why? Because he's God. Wrong. He is God. But he didn't do it as God. He did it as a man. Come on, can you see this? Elsewise, this is not true. They'd say the son can do anything he wants to, anytime he wants to. And that's not what Jesus said. He said, I cannot do a thing of myself. So how are you able to do this, Master? But what he sees the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, 
these also doeth the Son likewise. So we know from this, everything he did, he saw it. He saw it. He saw it. And his seeing it enabled him to do it. And he said he couldn't do it unless he saw it. He said, I can't do a thing unless I see it. My, 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 my. Oh, somebody say glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Oh, somebody say glory to God, glory to God. Woo, hoo, hoo, this is life changing, this is life changing. We're in John 5, is that right? Back up to the first part. Beginning of the chapter. See how, how he got to this. What's going on? Verse 2, there's, a, there's a Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude, impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. An angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. That's a long time. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said to him, will you be made whole? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed. And walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him that was cured, It's a Sabbath day. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered, He that made me whole, the same as the one that told me, take up your bed and walk. And they said, what man is that? They said to you, take up your bed and walk. Completely missed the part about being made whole. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. now, that's being spiritually blind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he tells them, the greatest miracle in my life just happened. Yeah. And all I want to know is about that dumb bed. <laughs> that's what man's traditional religion will do to you. The traditions of men make the word of God of no effect. <laughs> and so they said, well, what man is that that told you that? He that was healed didn't know who it was because Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. I want to ask you a question. Did Jesus love everybody? Why didn't he heal everybody in those five porches of sick folks? I gave you the answer before I gave you the question. But are you with me? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, sometimes people have left the impression if we really find out who we are and find out what, a, what authority we have in the name of Jesus, we will go clean out the hospitals. When we finally find out who we are and we get enough faith, we will go clean out the institutions and the hospitals. Jesus didn't. No, he didn't. 
Jesus didn't. No, he didn't. On this day, he left a bunch of people, multitudes of people suffering and hurting, dying. Why? Because according to him, he couldn't do anything except what he saw. So what do we know? Somewhere prior to him going to this pool, he saw the Father through him. Come on, can you see this? Or you could say like this, he saw himself. But he says it correctly. He doesn't just say, I did it. He said, the Father in me. He did it, which is accurate because he's a man functioning as a man without any unfair advantage over you or I. So what do we know? Either the night before in a time of prayer, walking down the road as he rounded the bend, I don't know, but he saw it. He saw himself go in there. And minister to that man and say that and that man get up and that's all he saw. So he leaves. He conveyed himself away. He got out of there with five porches full of suffering people. Y'all are too quiet. Did I misread this? Is this what happened or is this what happened? I mean, you might say, well, I thought Jesus healed everybody. Everybody that came to him to be healed. Big distinction now. Everybody that came to him to be healed. You see, more than once in Luke, it talks about they came to hear him and to be healed. And everybody, somebody say everybody. Everybody that came to him to be healed left healed without exception but he did not heal everybody in town everybody in the country everybody in the you know their version of a hospital why if you try to answer it any other way except with his words that's just your your opinion according to him why didn't he clear it out He said, come on, go back to chapter, well, you're in chapter 5, so just down a few verses later, verse 19, is it? You're enjoying this as much as I am. (laughs) This will set you free, brother, because see, the devil, always trying to get you under some kind of condemnation about something. Why don't you do this, and why aren't you doing more, and why don't you do that, And, and then if under condemnation, you go try to do something that the Lord didn't show you to do. And you fall flat on your face. And you do that a few times. And you don't want to do it no more. But the truth is. If the master couldn't. Do anything. Unless he had seen it. The servant's not above his master. We've got to learn. To seek him. Wait on him. Spend some time praying in the spirit. Come on are y'all with me. And then pay attention to what he shows us. 
right? And then act on that. And when you do, same works he did. Same kind of works. Hallelujah. And they'll grow greater and greater. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, verse 19, verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing. Most church-going people do not believe that verse. They do not believe it. They'll get up in your face and say, the Lord can do anything he wants to anytime he wants to, anywhere he wants to. He gets ready for you to do something. By God, you're going to do it. I had a preacher tell me those very words one time. He got right in my face. I said, no, he won't. He will not make you do something. He will not. God doesn't force people. If he's going to force anybody to do anything, he'd force you to receive Jesus. Save you from hell. If he's not going to do that, he's certainly not going to force you to do other things. The son can do nothing of himself. Nothing. That's a, that's a, that's a word. When you're talking about the master? Nothing? Lord, is that the word you meant to use? I reckon so. Nothing. But what he sees, oh, that's such an important word. What he sees, the Father do. How did he see that? Not in the physical. These are seeing things that are unseen. He saw him in the eyes of his heart. And his understanding. You already know what this means. You have seen things inside yourself. Every one of us. Especially if you endeavor to pray some and follow the Lord. You've seen more and more and more things. You've seen all manner of things. We haven't though been taught to pay close attention to it. Many have thought you know they just pass this off and pass that off. We must pay closer attention to what we're seeing. And learn how and when to act on what we have seen. What he sees the Father do, for what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. Verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and what? And what? Shows. And what? Shows. Shows him all things that himself is doing and he will show him. Come on, are you seeing a theme here? Show him. Greater works than these that you may marvel. <laughs> we, we talked about this uh, a night or two ago about one of the main ministries of the Holy Spirit. What is it? He said, Jesus said, he will take of mine and show it to you. Then he said it again almost verbatim. Like I said, he said, he will take of mine and he will show it to you. He will even show you things to come. Do you have the Holy Spirit inside you, child of God? Then he is desiring all day and all night to show you things. Show you things. Show you things. Show you things. Whatever we need, we should ask for it. We should inquire of the Lord. We should ask for it. We should believe by faith we receive it. Then what should we do? Look for it. Seek and you shall find. Come on, y'all. Look for. What are you talking about? Inside. Inside, look for the answer. You know, 
you ministers know this, every time it's time to preach, what should you do? Oh, y'all are too quiet. You can wait and hear what I say first. What, What should you do? How many understand that there is fresh manna? A word from the Lord. And the only way you'll get that is from him. So how do you get it? How do you get it? Ask for it. Right? Usual thing I'll do is say, Lord, you know, uh, I ask you for the direction for tonight. I ask you for the revelation. I ask you for the anointing. I ask you for your grace and your strength. I ask you for the scriptures, for the examples. I ask you for your presence manifested. Hallelujah. Whatever the people need, I'm asking you for it. And I need to not just be asking in unbelief. I need to believe he hears me. I need to believe it's his will to give it to me. And I need to believe I receive. Now what? Now what? Seek. And you shall find. Right? Seek. What do you mean? Well, I'm looking for it. Where? I'm looking in here. Not out here. I'm looking in here. What am I looking for? I'm looking for light. I'm looking for life. I might have a thought about this and ponder that a little bit. You know, I ain't ain't too much to that. And looking around here and and then this come up. And you know, this, this doesn't necessarily happen in 15 minutes. Depending on the situation, this could happen over days or weeks or months. And then, you know, you're in faith all the time that the Lord heard your prayer. Come on, can you see this? And he's going to give you, he's faithful, he'll give you what you need. And then here is a verse that comes to you, and you see a part of it, and you go, okay, okay, all right, glory to God. I know a direction to look. I know a specific area to look. But then you know, that's not all of it, so you keep looking. Somebody say, seek, seek, and you shall find, you keep looking. You keep looking, and I might look at more verses along that line. I may think more about that, and, and the more you look, the more you see. And the more you see, the more you look. And the more you see in his light, we see light. The entrance of his word gives light and understanding. Hallelujah. Until you got a witness about that. Well, that's not just for preaching. That principle is true with every believer in every area of life, every day. That's how it's supposed to work. He will show you. Hallelujah. And when you see it, you can be it. When you see it, see yourself having it, you can have it. If you see yourself giving it, you can give it. Huh? If you see yourself having one of those, You can have one. If you can see yourself with your own building paid for, you can have it. But where are you going to see that? Where? You got to seek him. Is that right? Keep looking to him. And and he will show you what you're supposed to see. You know, Brother Hagin's always, you know, taught about Mark 11, 23 and 24. And if you'll say it, not doubting you have what you say. 
And a guy came up to him one time from Oklahoma, in oil fields. He said, well, what if I was to say I'm going to have 10 million oil wells? Well, they can say, well, if you really believed it, you could have it. But you don't, so you won't. So go sit down. (laughs) The Lord didn't say you'd have everything you said. He said, if you didn't doubt in your heart, but you believed in your heart. Well, what's another word for believing in your heart? You saw something. You, You saw something. When he spoke to you, you when, when you heard something, you saw something. And when you saw it, now you can believe it. Now you can believe it. Now you can do it. <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> I don't know. Can, can you see us going all night? Can you? <laughs> I I can't quite see that yet, so. (laughs) Now, you you don't want to pretend you see something when you don't. And we talked about that last night. If you don't see it, don't act like you see it. Don't pretend like you see it. That's when you get in trouble. But if you don't see it, we got into that last night. If I don't see it, what can I do about that? Joshua. 1-8. Is that right? Meditate in that area of the word. Night and day, what? Until, until you see it. How will I know when I see it? You won't have to ask. You will, you will not have to ask. It'll go off in you. It's light and it's life. It quickens you inside. And you know he showed you something. When he shows you something, you don't have to ask anybody, did he show me something? Go to Genesis, please, since you said we had time. (laughs) Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you see that prayer is involved in this? fellowshipping with God. There are times Jesus prayed all night long. Have you read that? On one occasion, let me just stop right there. The servant's not above his master. If there were times Jesus needed to pray all night long, guess what? There are times you and I should pray all night long. Why? Don't you notice what happened? I won't, I won't go there, but study that for yourself. On this one occasion where the scripture said in the gospel accounts that he prayed all night long. In the morning, after praying all night long, he called to him the twelve and appointed them. Why? Why? Those 12. And now these are very, very important positions. These men's names are engraved on the foundation of the walls of heaven. These are the apostles of the Lamb forever. You don't want to put the wrong man in one of these spots. 
So how can you know? And people say, well, Jesus, he knew he was God. Apparently not. You remember the Bible said he came to the fig tree to see if there was any fruit on it. Didn't he know? He's functioning as a man. And uh, he prayed all night long. And then immediately, I guess when the sun rose, and he sent word for these individuals to come see him. And he appointed them. Why? We know why. He saw it. He saw each one of those 12. He saw them. How different our churches would be. <laughs> our ministries would be. Right? Instead of just, you know, we got an empty position. Resume looks okay. There you go. <laughs> and then wonder why you had so much trouble out of them. Blaming it on them. When it's your fault. Putting them in there. Now don't misunderstand me. Jesus put Judas in there. Did he mess up? No. It fulfilled prophecy. And I, I, I'm firmly convinced Judas in the beginning days of Jesus' ministry was not the Judas. At the end. Something happened to him. Which means you can be led by the Lord and still have trouble. But you have a whole lot less trouble <laughs> when you're led by the Lord. <laughs> you avoid so many things. Did you find Genesis 30? Did I say that? No? I thought it. You didn't pick up on that. Did you? I was seeing it. Did you see it? <laughs> Genesis 30, this is an amazing thing here in this passage of Scripture. You see what book we're in here? This is a long, long time ago, Genesis. And so what we're talking about, you understand, it's always been this way. Going back to the furthest ancient history and before that. It's always been the way we're going to see this here. In uh, Genesis 30, verse 29, well, let's back up to 28. Jacob was telling Laban, his uh, father-in-law and his employer, that he's ready to leave. He said, give me my wages. And uh, he wants to go. I've served with you. You know how the cattle has been. It was little when you had before I came, and it's now increased into a multitude. The Lord blessed you since my coming, and now when shall I provide for my what? My own house. Also, have we been talking about that some this week? My, your own. Here's a key to getting your own. And so he said, what will I give you? What do you want? Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flock. I'll pass through all the flock today and remove from there all the speckled and spotted cattle and all the brown 
cattle, well, that's sheep, though, among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. Now, that was not going to be very many. These are the oddballs. How many of God uses the oddballs? I'll just look around. Uh, (laughs) God uses the different ones. And here literally is the black sheep. The Amplified actually uses the word black sheep instead of brown sheep. Why? Because most of them were white. And most of the cattle were solid color. So he said, just give me the ones that's got stripes and spots and the dark colored sheep. That was the small minority. And he said, I'll go through and pick them out today. And that'll be my hire. And my righteous, verse 33, will answer in time to come when it comes before your face. Everyone that's speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that's not that, that'll be counted stolen with me. Of course, that works the other way, too. And see, Laban was shifty. He had changed his wages ten times because Jacob failed to read the fine print. And he had gotten taken. He got took. Ten times in the deal. And so now he's saying, okay, I just want the oddball ones. And so if you see solid color in my flock, you know I stole them. What else do we know? If there's speckled ones in your pen, that's mine. You stole them. So without saying it, this is going to be real easy to see. (laughs) Y'all okay? Now, uh, skip on down. Let's see. That day, verse 35, he removed the he goats that were ring straight as striped and spotted. She goats that were speckled and spotted. Everyone that had some white in it. And all the brown among the sheep, because most of the sheep were white. He gave them into the hand of his sons. He said three days journey betwixt himself and Jacob. And Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. And then Jacob took rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and he peeled white strakes or stripes in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before or in front of the rods, and they brought forth striped and speckled and spotted. Why? Because they were seeing spots and specks and stripes when they could see. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring straked and all the brown. And he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not with Laban's cattle. And it came to pass whenever the stronger cattle did conceive, Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he didn't put them in. <laughs> and so, this over the process of time, the feebler were Laban's and the stronger were Jacob's. So, so this is not some 
unidentifiable thing. When he put them in, it happened. When he didn't put them in, it didn't happen. And the man increased exceedingly. Is this the key to increase? Is this the key to increase? He had much cattle and maid servants and men servants and camels and donkeys. And then he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that our father has. And of all our fathers, he's gotten all this glory. Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban. Behold, it was not toward him as before. <laughs> he's not feeling the love around there these days. <laughs> and the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. This is the Lord bringing him into his own, his own flocks, his own money, and his own place. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field. And uh, he said, uh, your father's countenance has changed toward me. You know, with all my power, I've served your father. Your father deceived me, changed my wages ten times. But God suffered him not to hurt me. And if he said, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the cattle bear speckled. If he said, the ring straight will be your hire, then bear all the cattle ring straight. And God has taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. Now get this. Why did he do that? Why in the world? How do you ever come up with that? Right here. Verse 10, he's telling them. It came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived, I lifted up my eyes. And I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. In a dream. I saw it. Some dreams are from God. Not all. But some are. I've heard people sometimes say, oh, was it a dream? And so then they just cast it aside like it's nothing. That's how the Lord revealed to Joseph that he was to take Mary. That's how the Lord revealed to him to get out before Herod killed him. You remember that? A dream. A dream. A dream. Some dreams are from God. It's God showing you things. He said, uh, I lifted up my eyes. He, he was out there at the water troughs. This is before all this happened. He was out there at the water troughs, and sometimes the, the cattle would mate out there at the water troughs. And he, while that was going on, he had a dream. And he saw the rams that leaped upon the cattle, the female livestock, ring straight, speckled, and grizzled. They were spotted. They were striped. They were speckled. And the angel of the Lord spoke to me in the dream. As he's speaking to him, he's seeing this. He said, Jacob, he said, I'm here. He said, lift up now your eyes and see. Oh, somebody said out loud, lift up now your eyes and see. Lift up now your eyes. Open your eyes and see. This is before he had his own big flocks. This is before he had plenty of money. This is before, before, before. He's been taken advantage of 10 sequential times. Years and decades of his life has passed and he's not doing good. He's completely dependent on somebody that's taking advantage of him. How do you get out of that? 
How do you get out of that? Sue him. That's it. Get you a good lawyer. Sue him for everything he's got. That's not how God does it. That's not the way. What do you do? It doesn't matter how grave your situation. It doesn't matter how long it's been that way or how impossible it may be. Tell me what you need. People say, well, I need money. No, that's not really what you need. You need to see something. (laughs) I need healing. Healing's been bought and paid for. You need to see something. I got a giant mess with my spouse. You need to see something. What about my kids? I don't know what to do with it. You got to see. You need to see something. Where are you going to see it? Not on the local news. Not on somebody's Christian fiction. Seeking him. Well, somebody say seek him. Seek him. Seeking him. You know, in Amos, he says, seek me and live. Seek me and live. Seeking him. Glory to God. Until you see. And when you see it, oh, glory to God, you go, that's, that's it. That's the answer. That's the answer. You may still not see how in the world it could come to pass, but you got it because he knows how once you see it. He said, uh, lift up your eyes and see all the rams that leap upon the cattle. Their ring streaks speckled and grizzled. I've seen all that Laban has done to you. I'm the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar, where you vowed a vow to me. Now rise, get you out from this land, and return to the land of your kindred. He saw it in a vision. And so then he made the deal with Laban based on a dream. Is that right? Based Something he'd never seen done before, never heard of anybody else doing before. Well, Laban thought, this is a no-brainer. No problem, sure. Oh, you want, what, what are they? You know, 35 all together? Sure, you can have them. And the Lord knew that. And then he goes and gets him some limbs and and trunks of trees and he carves them and makes some spots. Spots, 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 speckles, 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 stripes, 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 stripes and speckles and spots and spots. You ever heard of seeing spots? (laughs) Speckles and spots and stripes. And so when the cattle came to the troughs to drink, oftentimes they would mate there. And so he goes, oh, yeah, that's a nice big strong ram there. Oh, yeah. He put in these rods and they are looking. The animals are looking at spots. (laughs) And as they are looking at spots, they conceive spots. As they're looking at speckles, they can see speckles. As they're looking at stripes, they can see stripes. And in, in a few months, you got a speckled baby. <laughs> speckled calf. Spotted goat. <laughs> and as the months went by, don't you know that Laban's going, where'd all those speckled goats come from? What? Where did all those stripes? 
We used to never have so many stripes. And then if some, you know, animals that weren't doing so good uh, come along, he'd he run over and get his rods and get out and, and go, no, 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 y'all, yeah, go ahead, you know, you know. <laughs> I didn't win the prize, cow, but wait just a minute, wait just a minute, all right? Okay, all right, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> If this will work for a cow, oh, come on, if this will work for a goat, if this will work for a sheep, how will it not work for us? It is a timeless principle. It goes back before the creation of the earth. How did God do it? We know now. How did God create the heavens and the earth? How did he do it? How did he do it? He saw it all. He saw it inside himself. He saw it down to the last detail. And then he said it. And what he saw inside became outside. What they saw outside got inside and then it was born and showed up outside. Oh, come on, do you see this? This is God's principle. Always been that way. Stand on your feet before I start again. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.